0: on this week's episode of ride the lightning the tesla motors unofficial podcast elon musk teases a massive upgrade for the supercharger network model 3 still seems to be proceeding on schedule tesla's latest major software update is imminent and more Happy New Year, friends. Welcome to the first episode of 2017 for Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. Yes, it's January 1st, New Year's Day, 2017, episode number 74. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you for joining me for another year of Ride the Lightning. Uh, It should be the most exciting year yet. Uh, Of course, it's my third calendar year doing this podcast, second full year. It was great great to complete a full calendar year last year. I'm very proud to say did not miss a week. Thankfully, uh, illness didn't keep me away. I was was able to stay, never quite lose my voice or get sick enough where I had to skip an episode and uh, manage to work around vacations and work trips and such. So uh, very proud of of, uh, staying with such a uh, regular schedule last week, hoping to do the same this year. There is uh, a little more to get to this week than I expected You know, I I contemplated, eh, should I skip this week, take the week off, but didn't want to lose the momentum. I feel good about uh, doing the show every week. So, let's get to it. I wanted to start uh, by, of course, wishing everybody a Happy New Year, and hopefully it's going to be a 2017 filled with Model 3s for all of us. I also wanted to congratulate my young cousin Sean, who I mentioned, let's see, it would have been, I guess, two shows ago now. Uh, He is fresh out of college, and he's got himself a business degree, and he's looking to start a career at Tesla. He wants to eventually end up out here in California. Uh, He lives in New Jersey now where he grew up. Well, he actually got that product specialist job that he had put in for it uh, at one of the New Jersey stores. So I want to just congratulate my cousin, Sean. Uh, If any of you folks happen to stop, I'm actually not sure which Jersey store he works in, but if you happen to be in one of the New Jersey Tesla stores and see a very nice young man named Sean, be sure to say hello. I also wanted to start the year by thanking more of a year-end thing here. I'm Technically, I'm recording in 2016. It's it's not 2017 yet as I record. I wanted to thank up front here. Uh, I usually do this at the end of the show. Just wanted to thank up front the, uh, the Patreon producers, the very kind folks who support my weekly efforts with a $20 or higher pledge on the Ride the Lightning Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. Just a huge thanks, uh, first to the newest Patreon producer, Lisa Kaz. Uh, thank you so much, Lisa. And as usual, in fact, I'm going to go the other other way this time, uh, David Kittle, Alexi Heft, Michael Lucas, Scott Gillis, John Waltower, Jonathan Wales, Nick Hoffman, David Brander, Z.L. Klein, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang obergen Pete White d J Harbaugh, Paul Hussey, and Jeff Bartram. Thank you all so much for your continued support and also to abstract Ocean, the kind folks over there who have uh, been providing a uh, a coupon code. For listeners of this show, which is super cool of them to do so, again, if you're a Tesla owner looking for some cool Tesla accessories, if you're not yet an owner like me but want to grab some cool Tesla stuff, be it a lanyard or something, uh, they've got some neat stuff over there, head over to abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. To get 20% off of your order. Now, on with the rest of the show, which is the Tesla news for the week. I want to start with a correction from last week, courtesy of our friend Joe Willett in Michigan. I was talking about dog mode uh, in response to a question. Uh, Joe writes in, even with dog mode enabled, your climate controls will still turn off after a half hour of the car sitting idle. The difference is, that the climate control will kick on automatically if the car is sitting unattended and the interior temperature rises above 105. So dog mode's not the same as camper mode. Joe says he tested this on his own car and verified that the air conditioner does still turn off after 30 minutes with the dog mode, or as I call it, the dog mode enabled. So thank you, Joe, for that. And then one other little follow-up too. Remember two episodes ago, episode 72, where listener Doug Harper noted the presence of green as one of the paint color options on the new inventory page of the Tesla site, well, on that episode, I predicted that it would either be deleted and we'd never hear from it again, be deleted and then announced very soon as a a quote-unquote new color, you know, reintroduced color, or just be left there and still get the announcement of green coming back. Well, we do have a little bit of an update here. Again, I, am couching this up front. This might be a total non story, but that green option is now gone from that new inventory page. that Doug Harper had pointed out. So that means it's either going to be reintroduced soon, maybe alongside the 100 D, uh, the non performance 100 D battery, which we know is, should be fairly imminent based on what Elon had said when the P 100 D came out. Uh, could that also come alongside the HUD? You know, the, if, if in fact we're getting a HUD on the Model 3, it's almost certainly going to be introduced on the SNX first. Could that happen in Q1? Uh, so may, you know, maybe Q1 is going to bring 100D green paint's coming back with a HUD option. We'll see. So that's an option, or it is in fact just gone for good, and listing green on that page was a total mistake. So. I'm going to give it until the end of Q1, until it's decided either way. So uh, great job again by Doug Harper for catching that. That is a Ride the Lightning exclusive, folks, or as I said, a Ride the Lightning total (laughs) non-story, one of those two. I also want to congratulate Doug, by the way, who wrote in uh, Doug purchasing a Tesla Model S 90D, and he used Michael from Milbrae's referral code, uh, so thank you so much for that. In fact, we maxed out. I want to thank everybody in the audience just who listened. And then obviously the 10 people who used the code. We got all 10 referral codes used for, uh, for Michael, for, for, of Michael from Milbray. So that's, uh, that's all the prizes for Joe. He's going to take me with him to the VIP factory tour with the Q&A with Franz at the end, as well as the next major Tesla event that that 10th referral you access to. So thanks, everybody there. And Doug, enjoy that new Model S 90D. That is fantastic. Here now is the biggest news of the week, I think. Uh, and it is courtesy of Electrex Fred Lambert, who does fantastic work over Electrek. He's just constantly out there uh, breaking Tesla news, clarifying Tesla news uh, constructively and politely counteracting FUD. The guy does a great job on that site. And he happened to catch Elon Musk in a tweeting mood. And Elon answered a tweet from Electrek's Fred Lambert. Uh, Fred tweeting, asking Elon, any update on the plan to install solar arrays at supercharging stations? Because if you remember, back at the beginning, if you've been following Tesla for a while, well, the beginning of Model S, let's say, the beginning of the supercharger station rollout, The original plan said that all of these superchargers would be solar powered. They'd have solar canopies and they would all be effectively off the grid. So that was going to be the plan. And there are a couple, but they're really, uh, it's just not a, a widespread thing at all yet. And Elon actually wrote back and said, there are some installed already, but full rollout really needs Supercharger version 3 and Power Pack version 2 plus Solar City pieces now in place. So, that in and of itself is interesting, uh, as, as Fred also found, because he replied to Elon's reply saying, Supercharger V3? Now I'm curious, what power output are we talking about? 350 kilowatt? Because that 350 is in response to. Uh, a, a sort of coalition of other automakers who've come together and said, we want to put a a sort of corridor of high speed, of 350 kilowatt superchargers uh, out there for to, to really help spur on electric vehicle usage, which is great. And so Elon replies, a mere 350 kilowatt? What are you referring to? A child's toy? <laughs> so that... That is quite the response from Elon Musk. Typically, it just, you know, you catch Elon in the right mood, and you know, you can kind of—it's sort of a playfulness, a little bit of an ego, uh, in, a, in a sort of but the, the good kind of ego where he's he's working on something incredible, and he's that's his, this is his cool way of his fun way of teasing it a little bit. So, for context, if you're not if you're thinking, well, what's 350 mean? What are the superchargers now? Well, you know, what does all this mean? The superchargers now can refill your nearly empty Tesla battery by about 150 miles in about 20 minutes via the current connection. The, the current superchargers are 145 kilowatts. So you're talking about well more than double 350 would be well more than double that. And Elon appears to be talking about something well above and beyond that. I mean, I think it's safe to infer that when he says, when he compares 350 kilowatts to a child's, a a children's toy, that he's got something that's not just 360 or 380, but probably something substantially more. So, you know, I think it's fair to say, Elon is probably talking about something that's at least... Three times, at least three times, the current 145. Because uh, you know that's that's still that's probably the, the low end of what Elon Musk is talking about here. So, in one year's time, might the superchargers start getting upgraded to be able to fully recharge an entire Tesla pack in 10 minutes? I mean, is that? With what he's talking about now, there's always there's still going to be the taper effect. You know, the the lower your state of charge when you when you hook up to a supercharger, the faster it fills, and then it tapers off. That's just sort of the 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 way the electric that's the way the battery chemistry works. But if if this could uh, maybe not even even necessarily the whole battery, but even if it does that 150 miles in five minutes. 10, maybe 10 times, you know, compared to the 20. Now, I mean, you're talking you're now you're at the point if you can get down, especially to five minutes, that, uh, is, is getting down into gas refill land. And that's also one way that Tesla could alleviate the problem of too many cars at the superchargers, which, uh, struck this past week, this past holiday week, in fact, maybe some of you in the audience, especially California folks, may have felt this, may have experienced this firsthand at the Barstow connection. There were pictures the Barstow Supercharger, pardon me. There were pictures online of of uh, significant lines of cars waiting to supercharge, which you know that's that takes a great thing that Tesla has, that that's a competitive advantage, and makes it look bad to the average car buyer, the average person. Oh well, if I. Oh, a free, but a free charger, but oh, I have to wait. That's, you know, that's, that's not good. That's bad PR for Tesla. But if, cause if you're talking about hundreds of thousands of model threes on the way in the next two years, you know, 2017, 2018, in addition to tens of thousands, if not over the next couple of years, you know, over a hundred thousand plus more, uh, model X's and model S's as well, you need, you know, they, they, certainly need to get on the ball with expanding the superchargers themselves, rolling out more stations, adding stalls, which they plan to do. If you take a look at Tesla's site, at the supercharger section of the site, you can see the 2016 map and the projected 2017 map, and you can see the growth that is planned. But uh, this kind of upgrade to a super supercharger could really help even if there is a line of cars, could move everybody through quickly. I mean, if you only had to wait, if it's five minutes to to roll in, get 150 to 200 miles, and then you're out, you can't really beat that. That's pretty impressive. And also, uh, along with the Model 3 itself, that kind of supercharger upgrade could be one of the final nails in the coffin for ICEs, for internal combustion engine vehicles, in the sense of, items that are in the con column of pros and cons of whether or not you should buy an electric vehicle you know that chart charge time is still very much one in the con list for for evs as a whole it's certainly less of a factor with teslas because of the supercharger network but i'll tell you i expect like the superchargers themselves that the upgrades would probably start on the coasts and move inward that's that's how i'm guessing elon and the team will do this But that is purely speculation on my part. Uh, I just want to say one more time, kudos to Fred Lambert from Electrek for getting this info out of Elon. Smart question, and you caught him at the right time. Because that's, it is a, you have to get both. You can ask him a smart question, but if you don't catch him online, he'll never see it. If you don't catch him at the right moment. So you got to have a smart question and catch Elon at the right time. And Fred did just that. So kudos to him. Uh, Next up this week, one more Model 3 update. It's uh, Again, it's not much, but again, it is good news, or at least encouraging news. This comes via Electrek. Analyst Jennifer Liang of KGI, a respected Chinese firm, did a supply chain check and found that Tesla is going, quote, all out to race the Model 3 to production. In a new note, Liang wrote, quote, Versus supply chain management for Model S and X, where nearly all parts and components are shipped to Tesla's Fremont factory in California for sub-assembly and final assembly, Tesla has brought in two system integrators located in Thailand and China for various sub-assembly for Model 3. Its recent acquisition of Groman Engineering, a specialist in automated manufacturing, is clearly another endeavor by Tesla to accelerate Model 3 production. End quote. I don't want to repeat myself too much from last week on this, but again, this is good news. It's an indication that yet another indication, I might add, that everything remains on track for now. <laughs> I'm going to put the asterisk there. For now, everything remains on track. I, last week, I went over the sort of hurdles that are yet to come and how any, any they could trip over and stumble over any one of those hurdles causing a delay they're going to have to leap them all cleanly in order to get the car out on time, which is much easier said than done. But I did want to add a little insider tip I received this week to this story, and I've, I have to add up front that even my source, who is well-placed, told me to take this with a grain of salt. So if there are any electric or Tesla Teslarati folks listening, there's no need to write this up because... There there, it is. It is again, rumor at best, uh, and it's BS at worst, but the model three rumors I was told are that the biggest battery option will in fact give the car a range in excess of 300 miles. So whether that's 301, 303, 310, 320, I'm not sure, but that I, that was what my source passed along. Uh, Now, the other rumor, which is a lot more interesting in the sense of the variables and the scenarios it could create, and the one that I'm not sure if I want to be true or not, because the 300-mile rumor, I mean, I've talked about that. I think it will happen. I want it to happen. That is what I want to buy. But the other rumor is, again, just a rumor, that the simplest cars will be made first. And what that is in reference to is rear wheel drive cars. We know that this, the base model threes will be real rear wheel drive cars and that dual motor will be an option. But this rumor, this, this uh, tip is that, that these, that the rear wheel drive cars may come first off the line because they're simpler to build than an all than a dual motor car. There are pluses and minuses each way. If that proves to be true, uh, I, I have a hard time seeing, uh, the first people in line, which yes, are going to be Tesla employees, but I'm talking sort of the first, uh, layman people in line, such as myself. You know, I camped out over and blanked for my reservation. I, I can't imagine, I'm sure, you know, plenty of those people that did camp out want the $35,000, you know, kind of base level car. Some of us, such as myself want to check all the boxes if we can. I just can't imagine the first cars coming off the line not even having the option of ludicrous of the performance model because you uh, unless unless they plan to have two variants of performance which uh, at the same time meaning a, a you know a rear wheel drive you know a, let's call it a P80 for just say 80 you're just, we're saying 80 kilowatt just as an example for the big battery on the car a P80 and a P80D so a rear-wheel drive performance car and an all-wheel drive performance car. I I wonder if Tesla could go that route, but it's interesting. So if they start with, you know, because Elon has previously said, remember, Elon had said after the reveal that the higher spec cars would be made first. So that's where I'm inclined to think that this, this rumor is uh, BS. But... If there's a rear-wheel drive only, if there's just a P80, that could still sort of qualify under Elon's statement, and maybe the you know so the just the big battery uh, rear-wheel drive cars, the and and the uh, performance rear-wheel drive cars, if such if that's the way they're going to go and have two performance variants, that could be the case. Now, whether or not I end up getting the performance model is, and I don't know whether I'll be able to afford it yet, but I'm definitely, I've talked to my wife, I'm, I'm definitely aiming to at least get the biggest battery dual motor car. So that would, that would have the, the highest range, you know, that all wheel drive traction and hopefully pretty good performance as well. So if that were the case and that, that meant that even though I camped out and overnight, in Palo Alto for my spot in line that I'd have to wait a few months for my car because I wanted a dual motor car there, I, you know, I'm torn on that because the of course the plus side is that it gives me more time to save up number one, to, to have a bigger down payment and thus maybe be able to get myself the performance model. So there's that. And it, if it moves me back in the line a little bit, And I end up with a, you know, a higher VIN number, higher meaning produce later, uh, an actual physically higher VIN number. It wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world for those early cars to help shake the bugs out before they get to assembling mine. So there's that. But the downside, of course, is I have to wait longer to get this car that I've been dying for, especially as others who maybe, you know, waited, who, who reserved after me get theirs. And, you know, there's the downside, of course, as well of, and this is, this probably applies to many of you, not just me, you know, the, your my trade-in car, the car I'm going to be selling, which actually I'm sitting in right now, uh, it's turning 11 this month in January. That car will further depreciate. I mean, you know, maybe not in a tangible way for an extra two or three month wait, but it also enhances the likelihood that, you know, what if something else comes up on it? What if What if the transmission needs to be done? What if uh, You know What if it needs tires? You know because I, I, this car You know everybody's situation is different, right? So there are pluses and minuses either way. Uh, I'm rambling a bit too long on this. Point being, again, uh, even my source was car- very careful to say this could be BS. Uh, this they might have been yanking my chain on this, but this is what he uh, What he heard. So. Take it, yeah, huge grain of salt, but uh, something, just some food for thought. Because you know what? What else are we going to do for the next two or three months until that Model 3 Part 3 reveal event? All right, the last news story this week is a very brief one. And it is simply this, that next week, or actually this week, as everybody hears this, investors and analysts will be getting Gigafactory tours next week to to let the uh, you know the, the Wall Street folks and the investors get a look at the progress at the Gigafactory as it continues to grow and expand and ramp up into production. Elon Musk and J.B. Straubel are expected to be there for a QA. and a So hopefully someone will record it uh, and put it on the Internet so that I can pick out the good clips and bring them to you next week. I'm not particularly optimistic about that, but either way... I'm reasonably certain that we will get some good quotes out of Elon because I've covered Elon long enough to know that Elon can't not give some sort of juicy quote or two at these things. It's just, he's, he's such a, a, an honest guy. Like he'll just answer a, any question that he's asked to the sort of the best of his ability. You know, he's gotten a little better in recent months at just shooting down things that he's not supposed to talk about yet, but Odds are we'll get, we'll get something fun out of Elon, out of this, uh, investor and analyst gigafactory tour this, uh, this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and finally, just one final little like tidbit to tack onto the end of the show here. This may be irrelevant by the time you listen to this, but we have no, no 8.1 software for the cars out just yet because there's a, there's a big, uh, Tesla app update, and then a bunch of stuff in the cars. Of course, this is the big one for all of you new Tesla owners with hardware, 2. This is where your autopilot is going to come back online. Some of your other safety features. So this is a big one for a lot of people. It is not out yet. Elon had tweeted earlier, well, this last week, I guess, by the time you're, or earlier this week, depending on when you are listening, he had tweeted on the 29th, almost there, undergoing final validation, might go out in the next few days. And in fact, uh, just prior to me recording this, it might even in fact be out now. Uh, Elon had said they caught one bug and if it gets fixed, that it will be rolling out before you even hear this. So it might in fact be heading out. So, uh, if there are things of note, as I'm sure there will be there, I'll check through the release notes. We can talk about that on next week's show, but if you are a Tesla owner, Be on the lookout for your car for that that big update. Does that I gotta know Tesla owners? It does it feel good? Is it like a little like present, like a little gift to yourself that you were well not to yourself, but is it like a little a little birthday present that you get to open at various points of the year when you get in your car in the morning and it's like new update and it tells you a bunch of sometimes interesting new things that the car can do. I gotta figure that would just be awesome. You just Maybe you wake up one morning, you got to go to work, maybe the weather's crap, and you're like, oh man, it's Monday, I don't want to do this, and then you get in your Tesla to go to work, and it's like, oh, new features added, software downloaded last night, now your car can do this better map thing, and this better whatever, this you know this autopilot enhancement. That's got to brighten your day, right? That's got to feel good. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a really cool part uh, of Model 3 ownership once once my time comes. All right. Uh, I've talked long enough. Let me take a quick break, come back. I've got a few good calls here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. We got one, two, three, four of them this week. So we'll do those right after this. time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, first one of 2017, four excellent calls lined up. And of course, if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give me a call. It's toll-free. You can call, you can Skype. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TESLA-TSLA. And I can tell that it was a holiday week. I did not get a ton of calls, but I've got uh, got a good handful of good ones. Not quite the usual volume, but uh, that's okay. I fully expected that people are traveling during the holidays. Uh, it's perfectly expected, and uh, we're in good. but we're in good, That's the good news. We're in good shape. We've got we've got enough folks who did kindly call in. Uh, we will start with Michael from Milbray right after I remind you that of course, LifeOnRecord.com kindly provides the Ride the Lightning hotline. If you know someone special, with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion. You can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family, telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Michael from Milbray, I asked last week, as sort of a a buffer against a potentially slow news week, which it kind of was, wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. I asked you guys, what will the Model 3 mean to you? when you get yours, hopefully in 2017. And Michael from Milbray who has a uh, he has a Model X, but he's ordered a Model 3 to replace his other car. Michael called in to answer that very question for him. So let's hear from Michael.
1: To me, Model 3 means I don't have to get an early morning flight to LA for work. I can just hop in the car, go to sleep, wake up
0: when I get there. No security lines, no hassle, just easy travel whenever, wherever I want. I am so glad you brought this up, Michael, because I was in fact coincidentally thinking about this exact thing recently. Because it's the holidays. Normally we go to Arizona to visit my parents, uh, because the holidays are a great time to go, the weather's good, they know we're not gonna <laughs> they know we will not visit in the summertime. It's just too hot. I, I lived through 15 Arizona summers and that was enough for me. They love it, God bless them, but uh they know that yeah, the holidays are, are when we tend to visit. This year, uh, we had visited for a family function in October, so we just didn't have the money to. Uh, you know, it's like a thousand bucks for for the three of us, uh, my my wife, my daughter, and I to, to fly down there. It's you know, it's funny. You know, gas prices have been down for pff, what couple years now. But have the airlines passed along that sa- that fuel savings? No. <laughs> no, they have not. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, so yeah, we weren't able to make it down to Arizona for the holidays this year. But it got me thinking, well, next year, if I get my Model 3 in time for the holidays, maybe we'll drive down. Uh, or maybe I'll, I'll drive uh, and have my family fly and meet me. And then I'll have, we'd have my car there the whole time. And then I could drive back. And, and I was thinking, well, man, San Francisco to the Phoenix area is already a tough drive. Like I, I've done it a million times back when I was, well, divorced when it was just me and Maggie, the boxer, uh, she'd sit in the front seat and that dog's so good in the car. Uh, but we, we would do it, but it's even, even cutting across the 210, which is like bypassing LA, sort of taking, you know, through Pasadena instead of down right into Los Angeles. It's a a good 10 and a half to 11 and a half hour drive uh, no matter when you leave uh, or more if it it goes worse if you get traffic. But so, you know, even with supercharger stops, it's going to take longer because, again, it's, you know, we're not there yet. Until supercharger V3 rolls out, it's still a situation where you know you're looking at 20 to 30 minutes per supercharger stop, and gonna have to make a few of them. And I was like, man, that's that's a that's a long long day in a Tesla. But Michael from Milbray notes so so uh, accurately here that when the software in the Teslas gets to the point, the autonomy software gets to the point where you can actually legally and safely sleep in your car as it drives itself combined with the Robo snake charger that was prototyped like two years ago so that you don't have to manually do anything at the supercharging stations. The car just will pull itself in the cable plugs itself in unplugs itself. And then the car moves on its, you know, gets on its way again. When that happens, it is going to fundamentally change interstate travel and it's going to make it better than a gas car better, not just on par or, or close enough, you know, with this, but better because I mean, that's, that's not to say that I'm sure there will be gas powered cars that can self-drive, but you know, Tesla is clearly the, the, uh, the, the horse they're, they're the, the leader around the bend here, uh, at the, at the horse race on this. I know. I just. I was. I was just. I was just trying to find a horse racing term. I, I follow sports, but not horse racing. And I was like, "Oh man, I can't think of the, the whatever the proper horse racing term term is right now for whatever the lead horse is around a, the first corner." Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's if you can sleep in your car, you could actually just dr- go overnight. You could leave overnight. You could leave at like nine o'clock. You could be awake for the first. time two, three hours, and then you could conk out and just sleep. And then you're, by the time morning rolls around, you're there. It's it's all good. You're there at like nine the next morning, at least for San Francisco to Arizona, just using my own example. And I will say, I, when I thought about this, uh, I, I was thinking about there's for me anyway, there'd be a psychological barrier to get over as well, because we've all spent our entire driving lives being conditioned to not fall asleep at the wheel under any circumstances. That's like the worst thing you could possibly do because you're going to get in an accident. You're going to get hurt or you're going to get killed. Never fall asleep at the wheel. So I'm going to have to, when that day comes where my Tesla can drive me and I can sleep in it as it drives itself, I'm going to have to somehow convince my brain that, that, that it's okay to do that that uh, that I have to like let go of, of that fear and anxiety but I suppose I suppose I could always get around that psychological barrier by just going in the passenger seat or in the back seat and sleeping there where it's more sort of maybe I wouldn't quite have that psychological block from being able to fall asleep in the car but uh thank you for that Michael that was uh, that's an excellent call bring you brought up an, a great point there I want to go now to uh, Mark DiPietro from Wisconsin calling in again. He gives his thoughts on what the Model 3 means to him. So Mark,
2: take it away. Hey Ryan, Mark DiPietro from Wisconsin checking in again. Regarding your question, what the Model 3 means to me, I mentioned in my last message that I'm after a car that is safe, that has all-wheel drive, um, but more importantly, that's just something fun to drive, something cool. And um, Tesla reminds me a lot of Apple back when the iPhone came out and the new iPhone came out and all that stuff. It just shook up the industry. It was exciting. Um, the quality was awesome, and it really challenged the industry and made other companies uh, try that much harder to compete, which was awesome. Um, for me, the other big thing is the sustainability Um having a future where you can pair this with the power wall, with the power shingles to power your home, to power your car. That's just incredible. I didn't quite know if that would happen during my lifetime, but um, that's going to be a huge deal. It's just a full package. The Model 3 um, is something a lot of people will be able to afford. The fact that you can drive a luxury car and maybe reduce your energy and gas bills is going to be really something interesting that uh, is going to challenge the automotive industry. So that's what it means to me. Thanks.
0: I think the Apple comparison is, in fact, a valid one, Mark. I mean, obviously, it's not a one-to-one comparison. It's not everything that Apple has done, Tesla is doing. But, but the fact is, Tesla gets the kind of press and buzz that Apple did back in the early iPhone days and still gets to a, to a large extent. And Tesla gets it by making products that are so cool that people just want them because they're so cool. Not because they're green or sustainable or anything else, but just because they're cool. So it's going to be interesting to see that this led me to another like, sort of side thought. It's going to be interesting to see who rises up to be the Android to Tesla's Apple uh, in, in the electric car world and in the automotive space. Will it be Google Will it be Apple themselves, who have you know, reportedly uh, tabled their uh, electric car project? Will it be F- uh, Faraday Future, who's got a lot riding on their CES unveil uh, this week? Will it be Lucid, who did just unveil their car to some uh, very positive initial impressions? Or is it going to be someone that we don't even know about yet? That's there's But it's going to happen. There will be that sort of Android to (laughs) to Tesla's Apple. And that'll be a good thing. That's what Elon wants. And that's what's good for all of us. It'll drive Tesla to make better products and it'll just drive uh, the the world forward to to have better cars, better electric vehicles, safer cars. It'll be great. So we shall see. Uh, Richard from Ottawa calls in and he is so excited about the Model 3 about what the Model Three means to him, that it's in a uh, it, it's in a half, not even a Mount Rushmore of cars for Richard, but a but a half a Mount Rushmore. So, Richard, you're on the air.
1: Hi, Ryan. It's Richard from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, I'm 71 years old, and of all the cars that I have purchased in my life, I've only been excited about two of them: my brand new 1967 Mustang when I was 20 years old, and my new Model Three. Uh, I love technology and I can't wait to drive my new computer on wheels. Thanks a lot. Bye.
0: Richard, that is high praise. If Model 3 is in your top two most excited about cars ever, and by your own admission, you've, at, at your age, you've probably been driving for 50 plus years. So right there with the 67 Stang that you got new, it, 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 that is awesome. Uh, I really, I sincerely hope that the Model 3 delivers on everything you want it to, uh, and, and really everything for all of us. I wish, that, I wish that for all of us. So, Richard, thank you for that call. And I guess I should, I, you know, I pose the question, and I guess, you know, I've talked about this in bits and pieces on this podcast, but I guess I should answer my own question of what the Model 3 means to me. I mean, I've been lucky enough to sort of be in the Tesla orbit uh, for a while now, largely thanks to my cousin Pat in Arizona, who, you know, when I, when I visit once or twice a year, always lets me drive his car. Usually, He usually says, oh, you want to take my car tomorrow? And, uh, and I always take him up on it. So I, I've been lucky to spend a lot of time behind the wheel of Model S's, and a, and a little bit in a Model X, but, you know, uh, without actually and owning it. But I think the Model 3 for me, I, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but For me, it's, you know, I want to start taking like regular Sunday drives. Like a lot of Americans used to love to do, and I'm sure plenty of people still do, but that's what I want to take it out and go somewhere cool every weekend. Just as like, just for the day, just during the day, because, you know, it's, the the show is done on, (laughs) it's out on Sunday morning. So Sunday is my free day. And I want my five-year-old, to see more of the, the, the Bay Area, because the Bay Area is a beautiful place. I'm very fortunate to live here. Uh, you know, you've got Napa Valley right over the Golden Gate Bridge, just an hour to the north. You've got Lake Tahoe within shot, which I've actually never been to Lake Tahoe because my Infiniti is a, uh, you know, front wheel drive car with 19 inch low profile, you know, the, the, nice, the, the nicest tires and wheels that Infiniti offered. It's not fit for that. And, uh, my wife has a little, has a mini and it's, that's not really fit for snow duty either. So, you know, I'd love to go to Lake Tahoe. Of course that's a little more than a day trip, but you know, we've got, of course, there's the Pacific coast highway, highway one, which is just beautiful. You can drive down to Santa Cruz and the beach boardwalk. There's Monterey, there's Pebble beach. There's the, um, there's a thing i I hope I get the number right. It's, I believe it's called the 17 mile drive. It's supposed to be like a twisty cliffside, like super awesome, classic drive. I'd love to do that. There's there's just a million, uh, there's, I mean, Highway 84 is great if you're from the Bay Area. It's it's sort of halfway between San Francisco and San Jose, and it goes between 280, which is a main artery, and uh, and then the, the other side of, of uh, 84 is Highway 1, is the coast. And it's like, again, cool kind of twisty roads, huge like redwoods and a little literal farmland just in the middle of the, the, the Bay area where you wouldn't expect it. So there's just all sorts of cool places I'd love to do because, and the reason I don't do it now is because number one, it's a gas powered car and you know, I'm not the most green person on the planet. I, I try to do my part a little bit here and there and not be too wasteful, but yeah, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily be pumping all that excess CO2 into the air, you know, week in and week out. Plus, you know, at this point, the Model 3 is my goal. I don't want to just be pouring tons of miles onto my Infiniti, uh, lowering the resale value, and potentially, you know, potentially something happens. I know, it, I know I'll know, be taking the same risk in the Model 3 of, you know, what if a, a deer jumps out or something like that. But, you know, at this, at this point, I feel that my best strategy is, you know, plus it, this car gets, <laughs> this car gets like, 16, 17 miles per gallon. It'll do like 20, 21 freeway, but this car gets does not get good gas mileage. We have the highest, some of the highest gas prices in the country. This car only takes premium, so there is a bit of a cost factor involved. And again, the the wear and tear. I don't want to have to replace tires again because it's. I think it's probably going to be close as it is uh, on the tires because you know the tires on this thing aren't cheap. I just mentioned they're the like the low profile 19. So. It's just, yeah, I would rather try to minimize the the sort of wear and tear on this car because my goal is that Model 3. But once I get that Model 3 and it's zero emissions and there's so few moving parts that I can just, you know, just drive it and drive it and not really worry about anything other than the tires, then yes, I want to start doing that. So for me, the Model 3 is going to, I really feel... I want it. I plan for it to, to really really in fact open up my world a bit more and open up some new experiences for me and I could you know take my, my family out or maybe just my daughter if my wife's busy and maybe she'll grow up remembering, hey, remember those cool, all those fun drives My dad used to take me on when I was a kid uh, and we, when, we, when he finally got his Tesla that he always talked about and then we just took it out and went to cool places all the time like, I'd love for that to be a great memory for her when she's older. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, this is a car that for me, as I've said, you know, I, if you, if you are a listener since episode one, where I gave you kind of my Tesla origin story, uh, it, you know, I said, it's, I've been, I've been a Tesla fan since 2009 when I encountered the Roadster. And so, and I knew, you know, I, I quickly found Elon's secret master plan. And so I knew right away, like, oh, okay, this, this third generation car that was as yet unnamed, that's, uh, that's going to be my next car. Like, that'll be it. Cause that's going to be the one. And, and so I've been, I've been waiting for model three, as I know many of you have, I've been waiting for model three. Uh, as of now, it's been, seven years, it's going to be eight or eight plus by the time I actually get it. And you know, this is kind of a, I almost feel like a, it'll be kind of a midlife crisis car for me. Uh, I'll be at least 37 when I take delivery of it. Uh, it'll be, you know, it's, it's a, and it'll only be my second new car ever. This infinity is my one and only new car. I told you, I I had the DeLorean for 12 years. Of course I'm a that car is as old as I am, so I didn't own it new, and my very, and then there was just my very first car, which was a hand-me-down from my grandfather, and, you know, it went from, so that, you know, the Model 3 will mean a lot to me, and, and I don't think I'm, like, hyping myself up too much, because, believe me, I work in the video game space, and it's very easy for video game fans to, kind of work themselves up and i'm very i'm just as guilty of this i mean i i it's it's a it's a thing it's you know it's you you get this idea in your head of what a what a what an exciting video game is going to be and usually video games are announced way in advance so you have months and months and sometimes years to think about oh that what's it going to be like to play that game and then when you get it you know the reality is often not quite as good as what you'd pictured the biggest victim of that, the most high-profile victim of that. In fact, some of you may be familiar with this game, No Man's Sky, was was it's a it's a case study in that from uh, twenty sixteen. But I don't think the Model Three is going to be that. I really believe, having spent a pretty good amount of time with the Model S here and there, and a little bit with the X, uh, even a little bit with the Roadster back in the day, it's I I really. F- I'm confident that it's, that the, the model three is going to, it really, I, I know this, this is going to sound a little like hyperbole, but I really do think that the model three is going to change my life for the better. Not, not in any sort of night and day way. Like suddenly everything's, you know, my into, like everything is incredible and nothing, you know, everything's perfect. Like, no, not like that, but I really do think it's going to have a positive net effect on my life. And I, and I can't wait for that. Uh, let's go, let's do one last call. Not on this topic. It comes to us from Daniel in Nebraska, who, uh, takes note of supercharging the supercharger map on Tesla's site, which I actually mentioned a few minutes ago. And he raises again, this is why I love the phone calls. And I love the participation from you kind folks that listen to this podcast, because you bring up great points that I haven't considered. And Daniel has exactly one of those. Uh, Daniel, take it away.
1: Hey, Ryan, it's Daniel from Nebraska again. Just listened to the most recent show and figured I'd give you some content just in case it's a slow week. I uh, just want to say thank you to everyone at Tesla who updated the Supercharger map that 2016 coming to a close and it didn't look like they were going to hit their target, but the target for 2017 is really looking good. Uh, and if they can hit that by the time they roll out model three, I think they'll be in a much better place. Um, another thing was, uh, I don't really know how Tesla handles, um, or plans to handle when they're more towards the level four or five autonomous with, uh, the horn. I was curious, like if. You have someone coming over into your lane and there's someone behind you or you can't really break or speed up. Does the horn does autopilot handle that right now or are I figured I have to eventually. Um I guess if we ever get to the point where the cars can just talk to each other say, Hey, don't come into my lane. But yeah, I was curious uh how, if or when they plan on handling that. Uh, thanks. Merry Christmas or whatever holiday the other listeners uh, are celebrating or happy Saturday if they don't uh,
0: Thanks. Bye. Well, Daniel, I have to say that I never thought about that. I'm I'm fairly certain, very confident. Now, uh, one of my owner listeners can check in and verify, but I'm fairly certain that autopilot as it is now, which is level two autonomous, doesn't do anything with the horn, not by itself. Uh, because on, autopilot now it's the driver supposed to be in control at all times but again you make an excellent point uh because as you note two you know quote unquote smart cars so potentially two model 3s could just talk to each other if one of them's doing something dumb without the need for a horn but if the smart car detects maybe say let's say your model 3 detects a quote-unquote dumb car, such as the infinity that I am sitting in now, uh, doing something that it's not supposed to be doing, i.e. the driver is, you know, maybe he's talked about falling asleep at the wheel earlier. Maybe the driver is is starting to nod off and is drift, starting to drift over into your lane on the interstate or something. Will the smart car be able to honk its horn on its own to alert the other driver that, hey... My sensors detect you're getting a little too close to me on this two-lane road, and you're not supposed to do that. Or would the smart car, would your Model 3 simply break and kind of get, try to get away, escape, evade the uh, person that is drawing closer to you? Now, in some cases, that might not work. There might be a car behind you. You might not be able to do that. So I do. That is a great question of will level four and level five autonomy in Tesla vehicles be able to operate the horn when necessary will, will and will it have the intelligence to know when to do that so uh, th- that is just a I love that question I, I'd have my guess would be this 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 would be a great question for Elon if you could ever catch him on Twitter as Fred from Electric did I mentioned at the top I doubt there will be any horn functionality with, with the autonomous driving at first. But I, my suspicion would be that fleet learning could enable it, could enable that sort of added layer of autonomous behavior eventually. That enough fleet learning of the, the cars always know where they're supposed to be on the road and where the other cars are supposed to be. So that if the fleet learning reaches a point where it's there, and then, and then a car within sensor range of your Tesla starts to do uh, something It's that from fleet learning the car knows is not supposed to be happening, it would actually honk the horn on its own. So I love that question. Daniel from Nebraska, thank you so much for sending that in. That is a great thought-provoking question. And that wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. Great stuff from you guys. Keep your calls coming. Hopefully you're all sort of back in the... Back in the saddle this week, back in your regular routines, I would love to get some more phone calls. We'll get uh, whatever you want to talk about, questions, comments, discussion topics. Maybe it's going to be something that Elon talks about with the investors and analysts at the Gigafactory thing this week, or whatever you want to talk about. Let's talk about it. Give me a call, toll-free, 1-888-989-8752, or you can just record a question right into your smartphone and email that voice memo file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. Well, I already mentioned uh, a few folks that I normally thank at this part of the show at the beginning, just as a way to sort of uh, put a bow on 2016, say thank you to some people, and kick off 17 with a little gratitude, which I think is always important. So, just a couple things to mention. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, the show email address if you want to email me, Tesla Podcast. At gmail.com. If you're a video gamer, you can catch me at 9 to 5. My day job is at IGN.com. We are the world's number one video game website. But we also cover all kinds of sort of uh, fun geek culture stuff. You know, movies, TV, uh, comics, etc. Uh, subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at TeslaWeekly.com. He delivers a nice summary of the week's Tesla news in email newsletter format every Friday. Gene and Electric Gen and all the crew at Teslarati.com, thank you guys so much for your ongoing support of this podcast. I do sincerely appreciate it. It's always good to check in with Gene from time to time, say hello, see how he's doing. And I think that about wraps it up. I mentioned the Patreon at the top. Uh, we maxed out Michael from Milbray's referral code. So uh, we'll see if there's going to be a new referral program it's starting at the, it'll be, it would start in the middle of the month, so we'll just keep an eye out for that one. Uh, and most of you probably already subscribe to this podcast. That's the easiest way to get it, the most convenient way for you to get it. But if you don't, you can subscribe any number of ways, either on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or uh, pick up the RSS feed on the podcast hosting page, which is teslapodcast.com dot libsyn, l-i-b-s-y-n dot com so happy new year everybody happy electric motoring and here's to an awesome killer uh just fantastic so much fun 2017 where hopefully a lot of us get teslas this year so until next week friends